You're listening to the Naughty Rude Show podcast, Sin's place for all things sex, health, relationships, and identity. So, so, so scandalous. So, so, so scandalous. So scandalous. You're listening to Sin's home of sex and relationships. It's the Naughty Rude Show on Sin 90.7. So, so, so scandalous. That was our intro because uh, we didn't have the mm. actual... But really, um, we thought, what a good opportunity to serenade you, our beautiful, sensual listeners. That's true. Do the acapella version. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're pitch-perfecting it. I was going to say tonight. Glee, but yeah, we'll go pitch-perfect. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you did there. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I want to combine <laughs> Glee and pitch-perfect, but my brain's like, that won't work. Pitchly. Done. We're pitch leaning and up in here. <laughs> you're listening to the Naughty Rude Show on scene ninety point seven. Uh, you're here with Molly, Marin, and I'm Josh speechless. for the evening. That was. Um, <laughs> you're welcome for that that uh, lovely and obscure uh, thing. Yep, that performance that we did. And tonight <laughs> we are talking about unfaithful. Mm. When people are unfaithful. The opposite of that George Michael song. Not faith. Faith. <laughs> Tonight we don't got to have faith. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> some might say. Molly, what do, what do you have coming up for us on the on the show? Well, well, well. I have three stories. Oh, great! Uh, I I'll, I'll I'll just keep them all anonymous, but they're all from people that I know, mm. and we will discuss them mm. and pick them apart. Mm. Real stories, real people. Real show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yes. some hard-hitting journalism tonight. Yes. And I have also uh, arranged the whole music. Um, you have. For, yeah. And every single song is about cheating or being cheated on. And it's just the best topic. Um, all of these songs I'm sure you're all going to love if you don't already. And if you don't, then just... Please get out. There's a couple that I'm, I'm really keen for on this playlist, actually. Like, I was having a quick little squiz. I'm, I'm keen. I'm keen. Yeah, oh. me too. I'm really keen. There's a particular... There's two songs that go together that we're playing. Back to back. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you are in for a treat, listener. It's going to be you great. Um, and so, given our theme being unfaithful, I thought... In all honesty, I don't have a lot of experience of unfaithful or infidelity behaviour in my history of relationships, however short that is. Mm. But I do think that I have experienced being unfaithful towards myself and not being honest with myself. And so I'm going to do a little bit about that and then we can talk about that. Um, and I also thought, given that like technology is such a huge part of how people cheat nowadays with Tinder mm. and Grindr and I've heard that people can cheat on Instagram and Snapchat and stuff like that. I know, right? Snapchat technology. makes sense. Instagram, I'm like, what? Yeah, no. <laughs> what? Well, yeah. yeah I, well, they're I just know. using the you private can message messages. People. Exactly. You can message well, people. Somebody- Only on Instagram is how someone was like someone was trying to cheat or something like that. For somebody who does a lot of media stuff, I don't understand Instagram. Yeah. I just don't get it. Well, I'm going to blow it <gasps> I don't wide understand open. Twitter. That's, that's, <laughs> oh. I'm sorry. I, oh, yeah, yeah, I just really don't understand. Anyway, we'll, we'll talk about I don't else. understand Twitter either, but you know what's really exciting mm. and an interesting topic to, d- to discuss and break down when you're talking about infidelity is virtual reality pornography. Yeah. Mm. We're going to have a chat about that. We're going to have a chat about that. What do you think, Josh? I'm excited. Uh, we will also be uh, checking in on our Tumblr page, thenaughtyroadshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask, or if Tumblr's not your speed and you don't understand Tumblr, but you do understand Twitter, unlike Molly here, at uh, Naughty Rude is the, our uh, Twitter handle, and you can go there and send us some tweets. Um... We'd love to to hear your tweets. Um, and I read a book. 
last did. week. You did. Uh, and I want to have a bit of a chat about that. So we'll uh, we'll come to that much, much later in the show, probably towards the end. Much, much later. Much, much later. Not just much yeah. later, but much, much, <laughs> much, much, much. much. <laughs> um, but I think first we're going to jump into a bit of a, a tune. Yeah. Yes. Okay, can All I do right. like a, we've been doing where I explain it? I would love <laughs> that, Molly. You are so keen and excited to tell us what songs you're going to play for everybody. I'm literally almost breaking my necklace. <laughs> <laughs> I think I need to calm down a little bit. Okay. So this is by the Queen, not Queen Bay, but Amy Winehouse, mm. um, who makes me uh, laugh and cry. And it's from her first album, Frank, I Heard Love Is Blind. This is the Naughty Rucho, and this is Amy Winehouse. What a lovely tune. Oh Beautiful gosh. song from Amy Winehouse. You're listening to the Naughty Rucho on Sin 90.7. I'm Marin. I'm Molly. And I'm Josh. Thanks for being here with us. Oh my gosh, we did that so somberly. <laughs> we can we can do some some Richard Mercer love song dedication oh, type yeah. voices That's as we go good. into each each of the songs. Yes. Tonight we're talking about being unfaithful. Okay, should we just jump into something like a story or what do we? Yeah, maybe we should tell talk a bit about ourselves yeah. and who we are. True. Yeah. Josh, do you want to begin? Sure, yeah. I can. I can start. Get on in there. Sure. Jump in. Um, so uh, I'm Josh. Uh, I am uh, 20 years old. Uh, I identify as male. Um, I'm straight. I'm single, and I'm ready to mingle. Um, <laughs> uh, and in terms of tonight, we thought we'd also add uh, a little bit about our history when it comes to cheating. Um, on as part of the show. So for me, I've been on all sides of it. Um, I've been cheated on. I've cheated on someone, and I've been the other person, which is an interesting little area. So, yeah, that's me. That means you have, like, quite an insightful perspective Mm. to give our listeners. If you have any questions about what we're talking about or infidelity or being unfaithful, you can comment on the Tumblr page or on our Twitter page, Mm. as Josh mentioned before. Yeah. Wow, yeah. Okay, Um, my name is Maren. I'm 25. I am also single and straight. Uh, My... um, history of relationships and uh, whatnot, I have never cheated on someone. I have never been cheated on to the best of my knowledge, but I'm pretty confident that I haven't been. So this is a very new and exciting area for me to explore with you guys. Mm. How about you, Molly? My name is Molly. I am 24 years old. I am cis, straight, mostly, uh, female, identifying person. And um, I have only cheated on people. Yeah. Wow, I didn't realise I was going to be so shit to say, but it was. (laughs) It's not nice to have to admit that you've cheated on someone. Uh, We were saying, um, while we were listening to Amy Winehouse, Molly, you were saying that you have never been cheated on to the best of your knowledge as well. Well, no, because the people that I have dated are all very lovely people. Well, that's nice. <laughs> that means you've got good taste. Thank and you. And they clearly have good You're taste too. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Right. Good. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> All right. <laughs> should we have a look at the Tumblr page? Guys? I think we should. Yeah. I think we should. I think Let's we should see what question down out. Tumblr, Tumblr Lane. Oh, say that one more time. Wander down Tumblr Lane. Oh, I love that. Wander down Tumblr Lane. All right. All right. Are we ready? Are we ready? Yes, we are. I've been cheated on before. What would the best way to handle my frustration forward slash anger about being without being part of the problem with my significant other? 
So can I just clarify this person is saying, I have previously been cheated on and I'm in a new relationship, but I still have trust issues. How do I deal with that? Is that what you guys read that as? Yeah? Uh, yeah. So basically this, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly okay. what you said. Okay. Mm-hmm. Josh, what do you think? Mm. Um, if you're still like pretty frustrated about it, frustrated about it, get a hobby, do some exercise, go running. Um, it's a good time. Um, and like that can sort of help you deal with that. Like I know um, when I was in, in high school, one of the things that I'd always do when I came home from school was I'd go for a run. Okay. And it was just a time where it was just me. Um, and it was almost like meditating. And it was just me with my thoughts. And I was able just to, to go and, and do all of that. And what it also meant was I was able to process things that had happened in my day. And then also like scientifically, like it's good blood pumping through you, oxygen pumping through to your brain, all those endorphins run as high as a thing. Like it's a big thing. And like, it's a good way to get over frustrations. Like I've never finished a run and gone like, yeah, I'm still really mad about that. Like it's like I've I've been able to process it and deal with it and then manage it. You know, like it's no longer like an irrational rage as it were, you know, like it was now it's. I'm still not happy about it, but I've dealt with it personally and now I can deal with it as a, as a wider situation. So it's like a way for you to break down the problem is yeah. to like turn it into a physical challenge and yeah. then you overcome the physical challenge and then after you've let off steam, you can kind of... It seems smaller somehow, yeah? yeah? Exactly. Like it's more uh, easier for you to dissect it and manage yeah. it. Yeah, and because it's just been you with no interruptions <laughs> for 20, 30, 40 minutes, however long you do your run for... Like, you haven't had any other... Like, you don't have anything else coming into it because you might be listening to music, but that's it. You're not answering phone calls or emails or any of that stuff. Like, it is just time for you, you know? Is that how you manage your frustration in general? That's how I do it most of the time, yeah. Um, And then Mm -hmm. if it was with another partner... If it's if you're trying to deal with it with your partner, just sit down and have a chat. Having a chat's a good time, you know? Right. I think... But it, it, it's one of those things where I think you've got to have dealt with it yourself before you can you know, put it on other people when it's one of those sorts of things, you know? Right, yeah. yeah. I see what you mean by that. Is in have, a, well, to a level of accepting yeah. what, what happened and working through it before you bring someone new into the picture and yeah. put all your frustrations and worries and anxieties onto that person and getting them to fix it for you. Yeah, so you've got to have oh, dealt with it yourself and, and look after deep, yourself. Molly. Yeah. Well, we do it in general. I mean, we have anxieties and a lot of – it's sort of like you get really, really mad at a situation. And mm. one of the easiest ways um, to get at that frustration or whatever is to be angry at someone because it's easy to have someone to blame, whereas yeah. that's a short-term um, not very helpful solution. The longer term is to assess the situation and to evaluate it and then to – work on it slowly and go through the emotions of what is happening to you. Because, you know, if I'm going to be really mad at you, Marin, mm. and just, like, yell at you when you've actually done nothing wrong and I'm just angry at a situation, it's not constructive. So, mm. yeah, I guess that's... It's yeah. a much nicer way of saying yeah. what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. 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 I um, have got... Like, last year I went through a bit of a tough time... Um, in like a, my personal and romantic life, and this is gonna sound a little lame, but whatever. Um, I watched a documentary that really helped me get through it. Um, it's called "I'm Not Your Guru," and it's uh, Tony Robbins, who's this Lovely. amazing mm. motivational speaker and life coach and all that jazz. Um, something really important that. I took away from what he had to offer was he said, life doesn't happen to you. Life happens for you. 
And so as soon as you see that everything that happens to you, whether that being your partner cheating on you, everything is a gift and everything is a lesson. And if you can take it and make something good come out of it, then that's great. That You're not suffering because you're getting, you're moving forward, you're growing. And that's what life is all about. Yeah. Um, so I guess I would say that, but again, like I think both of you guys had like wonderful things to say just now, like saying like you mentioned communicating with mm. your partner, like of like I think it would be great if you have any worries about your current partner cheating on you because a previous one did. I think it would be really helpful for your partner to mm. know that because sometimes I think you can feel shameful about things that have happened in past relationships and it can be really difficult to bring up shit that you don't want to talk about mm. but I think it would be so helpful for the other person to definitely know what you've gone through and how it felt for you so then they could understand why you might be behaving in yeah. certain ways. It's important also be wary of your tone going into those conversations because if you if you feel like your partner's cheated on you and it's actually just a, a thing about trust from a previous relationship you don't want to jump in and be all accusatory yeah you know like yeah. you want to go like hey like this is what's up like i'm feeling like there's something going on here and like i just want to you know iron it out um i've had history of this and it sucks and i don't want it to happen again which is why mm. i'm bringing it up mm. keep it as a much more sort of as a more relaxed, open tone as opposed to a, you know, accusatory tone. In my experience, when it comes to difficult conversations, regardless of their subject matter, the easiest way to address um, what I need and how I'm feeling is to pretty much directly say, I am feeling frustrated because A and B, I feel as though I need more support this is the way I think that I would need it. And that kind of conversation, mm. laying it out in as like a, we have a problem, this is how it's made me feel, this is why it's made me feel this way, and approaching it with a solution. I just find that it makes me feel calmer as well as the other person. So I, that's, it's actually the, the technique... Um, which I'm kind of butchering, um, is called um, nonviolent communication. So if mm. you have trouble expressing what you feel and what you need, check a little Google uh, of nonviolent communication and it is really good to uh, use when you are talking about um, difficult situations and emotions. Yeah. Hmm. Very nice. Hmm. Yes. I think we've uh, smashed that question. I think so. <laughs> boom. Um, <laughs> boom, boom. Do we want to do one more and then head to a tune? Or if there's another one? Or? Well, I have a specific question for you, Josh. Oh, here we go. Oh, oh good, goodness you me. Can, you're you're you in can, the hot seat now, Josh. You, you can Ooh, fling it right back to it's me. It's heating up. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, it's, it's, two, it, it's two questions. Oh, yeah, it's so hot. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, cool. Uh, <laughs> so, um, the first one is, what do you regret? about cheating on someone. And the yep. second one is, uh, what don't you regret? Goodness me, that's a tough one. It's a very reflective question wow. from Molly. Over um, Josh now for the answer. <laughs> <laughs> the commentator. Mo Molly to serve, jo Josh's return. Um, Ace love. <laughs> um, look, that's a really tough one. I, I think the way that it made me feel the way that it made the other person feel, and the way that it made the third party feel was, was just shocking. Like, it was horrendous. Like, I beat myself up about it for, like, weeks after it happened. Like, what, like, 
the, the first time it happened, like, it wasn't much. Like, it was a, a cheeky little snog at a party that I probably shouldn't have done. Um, and, like, I was beating myself up about it. And, like, obviously my partner at the time was also feeling really shitty when, when she found out. And then, you know, the third party was not super chuffed that it had happened. Um, well, can I ask a personal th- question? Were they aware that you were in a relationship? <sighs> I think so. I'm not sure. Okay. I'm pretty sure they knew. Okay. But, okay. You, know, uh, you know. Can I ask another personal yeah. question? The extent of it was a snog at a party. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. In, in the instance that I'm talking about in this. The first, this, the first, the first instance. The first you instance. Said, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and in terms of, of what I got out of it, what, so was that, that was the second question, yeah? What? Well, yeah. 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 Essentially, what, what you got out of it, what don't you regret? Um... It forced me to reflect on the relationship, and evidently, um, the relationship was not working out. Right. Um, yeah. And it was not a thought that had crossed my mind at that stage. Um, and then having to reflect on it definitely opened up my eyes to other um, like issues within the relationship. And then we broke up. Not f- like it was for other reasons, um, but it was definitely fueled by by the. The infidelity. I wondered if that was the answer that I was going to hear because mm. that's very similar to my yeah. experience. Um, what so was your? What would you say you did and didn't regret, Molly? Hmm. Well, um, mine's a bit different because the uh, my boyfriend, who at the time uh, never found out, he doesn't know. Wow. And I'm not in contact mm. with him anymore. Right. Um, and this was uh, six years ago now. So it was a, it was a while ago. Um, so it's kind of bizarre because I actually forget that it happened and that it was a bad thing to do. I right. really, I really right. do. Um, I don't – I can tell you what I don't regret. And I don't – I. In a way, I don't regret it because the moment helped me realise exactly what you said, Josh, is mm. that it wasn't a relationship that I wanted to be in. Basically, I'd met this guy and we were sort of just hanging out and I was like, oh, blah, 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 like talking about an instance where I was attracted to someone, but I couldn't do anything because I had a boyfriend. And he goes, fuck off, you're not with him. And I was like, what do you mean? And he was like, well, like you're with him, but like you don't want to be with him. And he just like said it straight out and... Mm. Of course, I burst into tears and we had a chat and then, you know, it got to 4 One thing led to another. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so I don't regret it because very soon after that, I did break up with him and it was the best decision that, at that time. What mm. I do regret is the impact that um, I had on my friend's that were around me and in the middle of this situation who were friends mm. with both of us because I think I was there being like, oh, I'd done such a bad thing and like sort of being like, oh, I'm so bad, but support me. And they were there wanting to support me, knowing it was difficult. And then also saying, you fucked up and yeah. you're being really shit. And sort of being in this middle of like, I love you, but you're being a total, total asshole. Um, and I regret that because those were the people that were impacted. And, of course, Mm. he was impacted because we broke up and whatever. In the end, I felt it was best not to tell him because he'd already hurt a lot from our breakup and I decided that I didn't really want to be friends with him in the long run, so that telling him was just going to cause more pain. Mm. 
but yeah, it did affect my friends and our, and our friendships for a little while. And, and yeah, I really regret that. Hmm. So I learned a lot of lessons in that. It's definitely a learning Thank you for experience. sharing that, Molly. Yeah. That's okay. Thank you for sharing that too, Josh. It's fine. Yes. Fine. Okay. Now, should we go to a song? I yeah, think that's a good idea. Let's bring the mood back up yeah. a little bit. <laughs> cool. Cool. Um, D- uh, best Richard Mercer love song dedications voice. Oh, my God. Yeah. You can do it, Molly. You can do it. I believe in you. This song coming up is a one for the lovers. We have Irreplaceable by Beyonce. This is the Naughty Rude Show on Sin 90. Point. Seven, seven, seven. You guys weren't in studio for that, but I've worked in karaoke, and that was a that was give me some flashbacks. Like that was intense. Oh. <laughs> Lovely tune there from Queen. Yeah. You're back. All your bags, we're finished. Cause you made your bed, now lay in it. Oh, oh my God, what a tune! Irreplaceable with you Beyonce. You always know what I'm thinking. Oh, she oh. does. Oh my God. The film clip is so awesome as well. She's so hot and cool. Oh my gosh. Controversial opinion. Oh, okay. Anyway, we don't controversial want to talk about no, 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 no. Okay. no. My controversial opinion. Oh. Don't really care about Beyonce at all. But he cares heaps about Nikki Webster. That is controversial. I that love is Nikki Webster. Hey, Nikki Webster is not just a national treasure, she is an international treasure. She flew into our hearts in 2000 at the Olympics. Oh my and God. She touched everyone around the I'm world. Losing respect for you by the moment, Josh. Just trickling away, isn't it? <laughs> I can see it. I can see it floating over the horizon. You are back on the Naughty Rude Show on CN 90.7 with Molly Marin and Josh. Uh, we're going to keep going along with the Tumblr questions now. If you do want to ask us a good question, the Naughty Rude Show.tumblr.com forward slash ask is the web address to go to, or you can tweet us at Naughty Rude uh, are both very acceptable places to go. Speaking of controversial, we have, well, something I would think uh, of as a controversial question mm. from the Tumblr. Mm. Is kissing someone of the same sex cheating if you're not out as gay? See, the wording, like, I saw this question yeah. before the show, the wording in this question is what throws me, right? Because if it says you're not out as gay, does that imply it? you are gay? That is you're my just point. Not out. Yeah, yeah. Um, but let's break it down. Right. Let's break it down. It break it down. Be, let's break it down right now. What if you identify as straight yeah. and you're in a heterosexual relationship? Yeah. You kiss someone of the same sex. That's scenario one. Yeah. Scenario two could be you're in a heterosexual relationship. However, you know you are gay. Yeah. And you kiss someone who is of the same sex. Mm. Is that then cheating? What about scenario A? What do you guys think? I don't think it is. Because I think that there's no intention to take it any further than that. And, like, it's not it's not about anything to do with, with you know, a sexual relationship or even a romantic relationship. Like, you know, it's just a bit of fun. And in, I'd say, 98% of those instances, it's done as a bit of a, haha, this is going to be funny type thing and it's done as a bit of a joke and I don't think that's mm. cheating. Interesting you should say that because uh, a member of my family dated a very close friend of mine um, about a few years ago now. Um, they were seeing each other for about, oh, hello, Mike. They were seeing each other for about two months and then my friend hooked up with another girl at a mm. party um, and she thought it would just be sexy and I kissed a girl and I liked it um, and wasn't intending it to be a cheating thing or take it any mm. further. But the person who's in my family broke up with her for it wow. and said, mm-hmm. because 
he had people who had cheated on him in the past. He just didn't like it. He was like, I'm not about that. No. Yeah. And I, I do believe, like, on both of their ends, it wasn't, like, an amazing relationship and they were destined to be together, all that jazz. But in that case, mm. I, I kind of see both sides. Mm. Yeah. I have a problem with it because it sort of sees homosexuality in that sense uh, as mm. this is like a playful as a this gimmick is, yeah. Yeah. yeah and that bothers me this is why I found this question controversial mm. because of, of course well I've been I've been that person who's like oh, I can kiss someone of the same sex it doesn't matter and my past partners have been like yeah that's fine whatever so that's really hot you know yeah. right. and it's also the um, like eroticizing that like the yeah. you know which homosexuality, um, you know, me kissing another woman, which is, in a sense, illegitimizing it and those kind of relationships because it's like, oh, you can just have a little bit of fun. It's super hot, like really voyeuristic. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Totally. I do understand, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that's a deeper topic. That's my point. I'll leave it there. In terms of is kissing someone of the same sex cheating if you're not out as gay, in scenario A... Um, this completely depends on what you have discussed with your partner. If your partner has said, you can go and kiss someone of the same sex, that does not bother me. Get in there. Go, go for bro. Just, just have a good old swim in, in that little world. But if they have said, kissing someone else will bother me greatly, I think there's your answer. If it's scenario B, well, that's well, much more complicated. That's much more for us to unpack. Mm. <laughs> I was, I was say, I'm like, wow, where do we begin? I where think, do we begin? I think short answer, yes. And then I, I'd back it up by saying I don't think it's any different to what... Uh, as in, does it constitute as cheating? It does, yeah. I think it does constitute as cheating, but I yeah. don't think it's any different from what I did. And all it is is an exploration, and it may not be you're mm. fully aware of it. I think, I think, it's, I think it is cheating, but... It, it it symbolizes a problem within the relationship as as is the cause of most cheating a problem within the relationship and that problem is is that you're not actually attracted to your partner or you might be but, but you know. no i actually yeah. i can i interject because i looked up this article before we went on air um it's by um huffington post and the top 6 reasons as to why people cheat number 1 mm. insecurity Number two, fear of commitment. Number three, they feel neglected. Number four, their needs are no longer being met. Number five, they love the chase, which probably relates to this scenario as well, in a sense. Number six, they have fallen out of love or feel the, feel the relationship has become complacent. Yeah. So that those are sort of reasons why people cheat I suppose um, and they can also be combination I just think that it's interesting to point that out yeah I would I, I would I think sometimes when we are presented with huge problems in life we don't really know how to comprehend them or how to face them so we have to shrink them into smaller problems mm. and I think if you are in a heterosexual relationship but you actually prefer you would like to be gay and that that's the, where your attractions truly lie i think it's somehow can be a bit more tangible to just 
cheat on someone. I don't know if this is making sense mm. yet, but I think that there is a bigger issue at hand in the question, basically. Like, I think comparatively, like, whether or not you are feeling you have you are gay versus whether you're unfaithful in this current relationship, I think what is worth more examining is if you are gay. Yeah, yeah. I think that's kind of what you were saying before, Josh. That's kind of what yeah. I'm trying to get at here, where I think it's 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 really just a symptom of something else. Yeah, I don't think the issue here is the, the cheating itself. The act is, is, is problematic and it, it does definitely destroy trust, but it's it, it's fueled by something else. Like, it's not like you want to hurt the person. It's absolutely Oh, no, it, definitely it, not. You know, it's fueled by something else. And I think, yeah, I think we're saying the same thing. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Mm. Yeah. Um, I have a question for, for Molly around yes. cheating. Uh, and it has something yes. to do with the, the last story that you told us. Because you made a tough decision when you cheated on, on your partner mm-hmm. and to not tell them. Yeah. And that's a tough decision. Yeah. Have you told other partners that you've cheated on them? And that's the first part. And then the second part is how do you make the judgment call as to whether or not it is the right thing to do? to tell your partner? That's a really good question. Okay, so the first part is, yes, I have told every single partner afterwards that I have done that. And I think that was both A, so I could hold myself somewhat accountable and not keep it as a dirty little secret and sort of do it again and be like, oh, I did it again. Like I've told them how I could be Mm. or how I have been and been completely honest. Um. What was the second question? Sorry. How do you uh, make the, the decision as to whether to tell them or not? To tell my new partners or to tell the person that I've cheated on? The whether, person that you've cheated on. Are there certain situations when you shouldn't tell the partner yeah. or ones where you definitely should tell the partner? Okay. Well, the first one I didn't because um, I, it was actually very good advice, advice from a friend who said, if you are going to be friends with him... After this, you need to tell him because friendships are based around honesty. Yeah. Um, and so there was my decision made. I didn't want to be friends with him. I didn't really want him in my life anymore. Um, I didn't see it going anywhere. So I didn't tell him. Yeah. And I spared him that. Oh, how good of me. <sighs> um, no, I see, what you, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I'm not going to say it was sort of like a noble thing, but uh, anyway. It's a tough decision to make anyway, though. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I guess is. I guess he was very distraught after the breakup, regardless. So, yeah, yeah. Um, didn't sort of want to like chuck a couple yeah. stabs in the heart. And so I told every boyfriend I've had since, and actually the second one that I had, um, who I'm still very good friends with, is lovely person. Um, <laughs> Not as severely, but I actually I cheated on him and with multiple people. Um, similar to you, uh, it was just sort of kisses at parties and such, but it was more than one occasion. Yeah. Um, so I told him every time because I think at that point I'd obviously – I had a curiosity to not just be with one person – but I really loved him and I didn't know how to approach that or didn't know how it would go if I was like, hey, maybe we should be open. Yeah. Right. Um, so I would do it and 
then I would tell him and I would say, I'm really, really sorry, blah, 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 blah. I was So I think I was kind of in the middle. I was trying to be really honest and keep it as an honest relationship, though what I was doing was breaking down the barriers of trust on one level, yeah. you know, of, of doing something that he would never do to me and he wouldn't think of doing to me. So, yeah, I was quite lucky in the way that he was – uh, a very forgiving uh, person in that sense but I definitely think it hurt him a lot Yeah. and since then I've thought about my actions and I was just like you know my, my current partner said like just me thinking about doing something like that to you makes me feel sick I feel anxious my stomach turns yeah like, I don't know how anyone could ever think of, you know, they could do that to me if I feel that way about them. And that really rung strong. And so, yeah, I'm going good. <laughs> oh, that sounds horrible, I guess. I guess yeah. listening from what you have to say, Molly, is that there's probably not really a hard and fast rule to tell you when it is okay and when it is not okay to no. be honest about cheating. Yeah. Basically, from what you're saying, I'm guessing that you just have to judge how you feel, how the other person would feel, the situation, maybe even looking forward into the future and think, do you want to have a friendship with this person as mm. well? Um, yeah. 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 It's a it's a really tough call whether or not yeah. you should tell. I mean, like, cheating is one thing, but then the follow-up of should I be completely transparent about all of it, that's another. Because yeah. Yeah. on one level, you are being honest, you are facing it, you are also being completely transparent with the person who you're with. But in another way, it could be seen as you just doing it to relieve <coughs> yourself of guilt. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, that, I think that... That's, yeah, you've hit it on the head. I think that that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to try and be honest, but mostly just like dump all the the shit feelings that I was feeling onto him. And I realized that that was really, really awful. And I think the only way that we've been able to have a friendship is for me to continue to tell him that I knew how wrong that is. And and yeah. But do I, he must think I'm pretty sick, obviously. It, it sounded No, no. It sounded like what you were saying was that you were at a time in your life where you really loved him, but you also wanted to explore other options and you didn't know how to bring up maybe engaging in an open relationship with him. Yeah. yeah. And also similarly to what Josh said before was that I just – he simply wasn't right for me. Yeah. I felt, yeah, right. I felt, yeah. I felt um, somewhat neglected in, in certain aspects and mm. so – I also, as seen that list, loved The Chase. Um, the Chase is yeah. good fun. It is <laughs> it, great fun. Genuinely, it is good fun. Mm. But the thing is, is like it's one of those things where you hear, hear a lot as to why people cheat. And it's usually, like, a lot of the one, reasons that I hear is it's like, I don't want to be alone, but, like, I don't want to be with this person. And it is that, like, I've just got to, like, explore something else, but I'm not ready to enter into that world alone. Robin Williams said the... I think he said the worst thing is when you're with someone but you feel lonely. Yeah. Yeah, that yeah. does suck heaps. Yeah. Heaps and heaps. Yeah. Um, when I – a few years ago, I was um, in a two-year relationship and we were at the two-year point. Um, I went over to the States for about three months and 
for like the past six months, my boyfriend and I had barely had sex. I wasn't really feeling it, but I really loved him. And so I was trying really hard to like work through it and, you know, was trying to make an investment in the relationship and all that jazz. But then I went over to the States and I got a lot of attention from other guys and a lot of other guys were flirting with me and noticing me and it felt so awesome and I was loving it. Um... But then that kind of forced me to look at my relationship and wonder if I really was all that happy in it. Um, And, you know, if you are flirting with other people, Mm. are you really happy in your relationship? I don't know. For me, that's an indication that I'm not really in love with this person if I'm totally happy to flirt with X, Y, and Z. So, I think it's okay to flirt. Yeah. I just, it just it depends on the, the, the your intention behind that. So yeah, if, you, if you're doing yeah. it just to be like, like I mean, I think I'm pretty flirtation, uh, flirtatious and I'm fairly sure I flirted with all of you in the studio. <laughs> At some point, um, probably I'm doing it right now, mm. clearly. Um, but uh, just that Richard Mercer voice, mate. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Here's one with the livers. Um, but the thing is that, yeah, your intention, if, if you're flirting with someone because you're just like, I want you to want me. I need to know that I am wanted and I want you. Alarm bells. Alarm bells. Mm. It it can lead you down a dangerous path and I kind of know myself well enough and I know that it's like a sign that things aren't great. Well, like as we were saying earlier, like the, the, the love of the chase is like, I'm a, I'm a big flirter, and, like, I don't necessarily mean to flirt with people, but, like, I just do. And like, there's You're a big old flirt. I'm a big old flirt. And, like, the other thing is, like, some people totally misread flirting. Like, you know, someone just being nice as being flirty. You know what I mean? It's like, I consider myself very much an extrovert, and I'm always up to have a chat with someone. I think people take genuine interest in what someone has to say as flirting, where it could just be like, yeah, like, I'm happy to hear you're having a good time with life, you know? Mm. Um... And so I, I think I don't think there is necessarily an issue with flirting unless your partner has brought that up. I think it's definitely it's about the follow through as opposed to the you know the build up. But and I, if, it doesn't work for most people. Some people it doesn't work for. What if you um, see or observe or know that your par- partner is flirting with other people? At, w- at what point do you like gauge if they're crossing a line? Um. Is it if you have trust issues with them? Because think, you can understand that, like, if you know someone well enough, you might know that, like, you, they just have mm. a very flirtatious personality. I think for all of my relationships like that, it's always, like, a, it's, a, it's a trust thing. And I, I trust that they know where the line is and that they'll play to the line. I'm a big believer in, in knowing where the line is and playing to the line and playing on the line, but never crossing it. You know what I mean? And that's not just in terms of, like, relationships and cheating. Like, that's just in life in, in general, you know. Um, and I think I, I I trust my partner, which doesn't exist in the moment. That's fine. It's fine, guys. It's fine. It's fine. Um, <laughs> it's fine, guys. It's fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. Guys, Everything's fine. I got fine. one of those Fitbits to tell me how my heart's going. It's still broken. It's fine. Um, <laughs> no, but like... Oh, I, my it, God. <laughs> I've, I've heard you say that before. It's, yeah. I've heard you say that. It's, it's, a, it's a good, good old game. It's a good line. It's, it's all right. Line. It's all right. He's fine. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it, it, I, I think it's a trust thing. You know what I mean? And it's like... And I've, I've been in open relationships where people, like, you know, me and my partner have been able to, to go all the way with someone else but knowing what the boundaries on that are like we set the boundaries up very early on as to what mm. our open relationship is going to look like mm. um, and I trust my partner to to play to the line hey kids 
Should we play a song? I yeah. think it's time for a song. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. This song is the best. It's basically about being cheated on um, as a total babe and then just being like, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to take all of his money and spend it. <laughs> this is um, Blue Cantor. Yes. Hit him up style. <laughs> and this so is the excited. Naughty Root Show. Sin. Nice. 90.7. Nice. <laughs> You're listening to the Naughty Root Show on Sin. 90.7. Blue Cantrell. Hit him up style. Uh, well, actually, at the start, it was Don't Lie Eyes. by the Black Eyed Peas by <laughs> mistake, which is also a song about cheating. So I feel like it's very relevant. Yeah. No, uh, but you are here with Molly Merrin and Josh on your Sunday evening. Guys, would you believe it? We've already smashed through an hour of this show. No, I would not believe you. You are lying. <laughs> I wish I was Wait, lying. what is that? That's it's, the time. You're not lying. You're speaking the truth. It's what I do. Um... So, yeah, almost 9 o'clock, so we're only here for another hour, um, and we've got a lot of stuff to get through. Um, but we're going to go back to the Tumblr for a question. The tea banger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Naughty Rude Show.tumblr.com forward slash ask, or on Twitter at Naughty Rude, other places to go if you do want to ask us questions. We're only here for another hour, so do get them in so we can get to your questions, sort out what, are, what is burning you. What is burning you? What are your you? burning questions? Your burning questions. Hopefully it's not. Anyway, I won't go there. Okay. If it is actually burning, consult your GP. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yes, true, definitely. Um, <laughs> so Desire, burning desire. <laughs> there's one question which is directly to me, and I know who it's from. It says, is Molly coming to confess this year? But is Molly coming is to confess? Likely not. Oh. What Next. is it? Sorry, confessed? Yeah. What's that? It's a festival. Um, oh. It's out near Moulamine. Um It's clothing optional. And Ooh. Um, it... Uh, is also there's no amplified music apart from one small amp in the music tent, and it's very, um, it's really fun. I used to go to it a bunch. I haven't been to it for a little while. Mm. Um, yeah, no, it's really fun. There's a lot of djembe drums, so if you don't want to hear drums throughout the whole night, then you should definitely not go. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so um, unlikely, but we'll mm, see. Interesting. There you go. Um, so, do we want to talk still? Yeah, okay. We'll ask more questions about cheating. Let's just do that. I'm going to... Hit it. Yeah. Okay. If I find out my partner has kissed someone of the same sex without giving them any sums of being anything other than straight, how do I go about bringing up the topic of what they want forward slash what they like? Ah, so that's almost like a follow-on to the one that we had earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Look, I think it's, it's funny. We, we joke about... Um, about this show off air in that a lot of the questions boil down to usually one of three things if you you paired it all the way back. And I think this is a a prime example of it's just, it's about communication. It's about bringing it up in the right way and, and, you know, just sitting down privately and in a very, you know, just non-confrontational vibe and just sit down and go like, hey, what's going on? Talk to me. I I saw this. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> I can't. I was going to make a home. joke about the band. I can't remember what the band's called. Um, oh it's called that, What's Up. I know the song. It's Four Non Blondes. And she wears like all steampunk. It's great. Oh. Um, but no. So like, just sit down and have a question. And go like, Hey, like I saw this at a party the other night. Like, what up? You know, like what's what's going on with you? And then you can begin to to explore that that path. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think so that's my answer. Your, your answer was basically have a little chat. Have a little chat, because if you don't, all you're going to do is is eat yourself up about eat yourself up about it. Then your partner's not going to get anything out of 
out of it. Like, they're just going to be stuck doing the same thing over and over again. It's much easier if you can just have a chat and sort it out. Mm. Yeah. It's also really important for you to address your own feelings about that because if you actually yeah. are like, oh, yeah, that, this is totally sweet, Yeah. Um, I didn't actually mind at all, then you lucky duck. <laughs> um, but if you do feel animosity towards that, those are valid. You don't just have to think about the other person. Yeah. It's okay to be pissed off. Yeah. Hmm. For some reason, I just ended it there. There's so much more to that, but Meryl wants to say something. That's a good so way to go on. Actually, Molly, would you mind repeating the question for me, please? Absolutely. So if I find out my partner has kissed someone of the same sex without them giving any signs of being anything other than straight, how do I bring? How do I go about bringing up the topic of what they want forward slash what they like? So essentially, someone who they assumed was straight kissed someone of the same sex and they, the, their partner is a little bit confused by it and they're sort of like, well, maybe they're not fully straight. You know, can we talk about this? What else can we work out so you can have what you want? Yeah, honestly, I would just say what Josh said, which is mm. just like in a really calm way. Like, I would, I would think bring it up with them sooner rather than later. Don't let it fester yeah. in you. Just like bring it up with them. It's cool. It's fine. Yeah, because they might, they might be bisexual, which is great and fantastic. Mm. Yeah, totally. I, I would hope that depending on your relationship, I would hope that you could ask them with a spirit of openness and kindness. Because yeah. maybe they're only just clocking onto it now. Maybe I think sometimes it can feel like people are lying to you in situations like that, but the person may not be lying to you. They might just be figuring it out as they go mm. along, just like you are. In that sense as well, and this is this is a bit more tricky to deal with, but uh, as I said, like they've given no indication that they're anything but straight. But as you said, they mm. might be clocking onto something. Mm. They could be bisexual or they could actually be homosexual as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. So in that sense, trying to find all the love that you have for this person and recognising and understanding that a possible outcome for this is that you are not the sex of the pers- of the people that they are attracted to. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. There's a really great Winnie the Pooh quote, which I think <laughs> is really relevant oh for this. God. And I think it's that loving someone means sometimes you have to step back in order for their happiness to progress. Yeah. Totally. So oh, my I think gosh, if you, Winnie the Pooh's so Right? It's, it's so relevant for life, even as adults. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I think... Sometimes you have to just really, you're absolutely right, separate yourself from the situation and try to be as selfless as you possibly can be mm. and just want what is best for them. And that might be, you might be the first person they get to talk to about this. Mm. And ultimately, their hopes and dreams, if you love them enough, you think they will matter more than yours in this very instance. True. Whilst yeah. also keeping your own feelings into account. So, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, this yeah. is painful for you. You're you're. It is absolutely your place to to say that to your to your partner. Mm. Yeah. You know, mm. we're all important. We are. Oh my god, we're all <laughs> important. On that, we are all the special. Poignant. Um, great. Okay, uh, Marin. Yeah. Take it away. All right. Well, this is my exciting segment. So, gratefully, I have no experience with infidelity. Um, uh, 
I do have experience with being unfaithful towards myself, though, both in times when I've been in a committed relationship and when I've been single. Mm. Um, I think being unfaithful towards yourself is betraying your own desires, your own potential and needs for various reasons. Essentially, to boil it down, I would say it's a lack of honesty with yourself. Um, Writer Katie Grouch says being unfaithful to yourself is not as hard as you'd think. I would never compromise myself for someone else I always thought. I'd kill myself before it was so easy, but before I would hurt someone like that. But it's actually wearing earplugs. As long as you put your head under the pillow during a thunderstorm, you can't hear the sounds of the rain. That kind of shtick, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, many, I, I find from what I've heard, many times when people are unfaithful in relationships, it's because they're dissatisfied with their current sex lives. In terms of being unfaithful towards yourself, for me, it can feel like I'm bored or neglecting certain areas of my life. So, in case you guys or anyone listening also has felt this way, I have gone into a beautiful TEDx black hole. <laughs> and coming out, I oh. emerge with a two-minute clip. This is uh, life coach and author Mel Robbins speaking at a TEDx event in San Francisco. The entire presentation runs for about 20 minutes. The full clip is available on YouTube. I highly recommend watching it. It is called How to Stop Screwing Yourself Over. Mm. Um, But here is a two-minute segment of her speech where she discusses feeling stuck in life and how to break out of the pattern of being dishonest with yourself. Theory about why people get stuck in life. So... Most of you have probably taken your basic Psych 101 class and you've bumped into Andrew Maslow's uh, hierarchy of needs. Well, your body is kind of cool because you have these basic needs and your body is wired to send you signals. If you are hungry, or I mean, if you need food, what do you feel? If you need water, what do you feel? If you need sex, what do you feel? Thank you. I think when you feel stuck or dissatisfied in your life, it's a signal. And it's not a signal that your life is broken. It's a signal that one of your most basic needs are not being met. Your need for exploration. Everything about your life, about your body, grows. Your cells regenerate, your hair, your nails, everything grows for your entire life. And your soul needs exploration and growth. And the only way you'll get it is by forcing yourself to be uncomfortable. Forcing yourself to get outside, (laughs) out of your head, thank you. If you're in your head, you're behind enemy lines. That is not God talking, okay? It's not. In fact, if I put a speaker on it and we broadcast what you say to yourself, we would institutionalize you. You would not hang out with people that talk to you the way you talk to yourself. So get out of your head. Your feelings, your feelings are screwing you. I don't care how you feel. I I think that ended a little bit more abruptly than I had planned on. Um, That was great. But yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. She's awesome. It's a good person to listen to. She's got a lot of sage advice. But have you guys ever felt like when you were in a relationship that you changed for the other person and maybe it wasn't such a great idea or great move for you oh i think i think you always change and i i i went through a very big transition in my life because of a 
a previous partner. And like, I think for the long in the long term, it was good. It has caused me a lot of stress <laughs> getting there, but I think that's all the way. Um, because when I was when I was dating dating my last my last partner, um, because of her, I sort of decided I was ready to move out and do all of that sort of stuff. And, and then obviously the financial stuff sort of comes into it and that's where all the stress was coming from. But I, I you know, I, I thought about moving out but hadn't really decided to make that move and then all of a sudden because of my partner, I was like, yeah, I'm going to do it. <laughs> and then saw a, saw a, you know, one of my mates on Facebook go like, hey, need someone to live with? And I'm like, yeah, I'll do it, sweet. And then, and just did it for my partner as opposed to me necessarily being ready. But then it was one of those sink or swim moments and I learnt to be ready and just needed sort of that pushing off point. So, yeah. so I guess you wouldn't say that you cheated on yourself in that way. It kind of happened um, for the best. Yeah, I yeah, think so. Right. But I, I definitely needed someone else to go, like, sort your shit out. <laughs> like, mm. fix yourself or, like, you know, do this, you know. And I, and sometimes that helps, you know. And, and I think you do change, change your opinions. And I think – I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing either, though. It's like I – me and my partner, we used to have very intense – discussions and they were discussions they weren't fights you know like we could go like okay we're (laughs) we're done on that moving on let's go make tacos or something um (laughs) oh my god is that a euphemism (laughs) i I wish but genuinely we ate a lot of tacos that's that's cool though Um, it's delicious and and i changed who i was in terms of i changed my opinions and my beliefs on some things because of those those conversations Mm. hey that's cool yeah right how about you molly um well my last significant, well, I'm not going to say significant, but the, the boyfriend that I am still friends with, um, I, I have a knack of dating introverts because I'm an extrovert. And people who are generally quite introverted. Opposites um, attract. Yes. Yes. I find that I probably need someone to be a bit more calm and mellow and introspective uh, to balance me out. But this person that I was with was introverted to the point of major social anxiety and would do things like uh, I got to the point where I was just like, I would really love to just go out one night during the week, play a Mm. game of pool with just you and have a beer. And I never actually got that and I asked for it a few times. Um, And he often wanted to just stay home and watch The Simpsons and like lie in bed and... Um, you know, make some food. And we did that a lot. And I we did that because I knew that, well, I, I did like doing that on the odd occasion and he liked it and it felt really nice. Um, so I think the way that I cheated myself and le- lesson from there is that, um, that I was trying really hard to um, see who he was and cater to his personality trait and to support that. And he was unwilling to um, support how I was to the point of we would spend days, like I would have a day off, we'd spend it together. I'd be like, no, I really can't just stay at home today. That doesn't work for me. It makes me feel really anxious. I need to go and do some stuff. And it would get to two o'clock. We wouldn't. And I would have a panic attack. Um, And so that was really difficult because I was there trying to – or very clearly saying, I can't do this, but trying to sort of compromise um, and have both. And I wasn't getting what I needed and it was causing me harm. So in the end, that's sort of why it didn't work um, amongst other reasons. Um, so I think that from there, I learned the lesson that that 
I need to be someone who has lots of different tasks to do all the time, whether it's professional or personal. Um, And I need someone who is either going to want to do some of them with me, um, allow me to do them by myself and not feel like they need me to be, um, be a certain way because it would be really awesome for them. Someone who wants to support who I am and my nature um, and work within and around that and allow me to do the same for them. I'm so glad I did this segment now, you guys. <laughs> I felt uh, for a while I was a little bit like, I don't know if this is going to work, but that was like awesome. Mm. We're bonding. I can yeah. feel it. Oh my After four yeah. weeks, we thought we might try a, a bonding thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we actually hate each other. We don't talk to each other off air. It's like, nah. <laughs> then we decided Sorry, to become I friends. only found out your name was Josh this week. It's oh, true. The so... whole time she thought it was Yosh. Oh, it's just Jose. Historically, historically, it probably was. Um, <laughs> that was a very bad joke. I'm so sorry. That was terrible. Um, hey, do hey. you have another question, or do you want us to go to one Tumblr and then and then sling it over? I feel like what's going on on Tumblr. Yeah, let's see what's going on. Tumblr. On Tumblr. Okay, I, I like being in charge of um, things, especially the Tumblr. It's really nice. Oh, great. Um, <laughs> okay. Keeping it on the theme of cheating or switching it up? Uh, oh, it's a question. Let's switch it up. Let's switch, let's it, up. switch, let's switch it, it up. Switch it up. Yeah, right. I thought that was the question that someone had like sent in, and I was like, my goodness, okay. <laughs> our listeners. Yeah, yeah. Just you guys are tricky. <laughs> <laughs> so the real question is: yes. My girlfriend is twenty-one and has never masturbated or watched porn. Hmm. I'm having a really hard time figuring out her sexuality, as she doesn't even know it herself. How can I help her open up? That's a really good mm. question because this is very important, I yeah. think. It is really important to, well, each to their own, I guess so. But in my experience, masturbation is really important. Mm. When I first started dating guys, I had no idea what I wanted because I thought it was like weird and dirty and I was like, oh, I'm just not like that, that kind of stuff. But the, it's like... Being able to masturbate is a wonderful thing and it's very empowering and it's great to know yourself. And in the words of Whitney Houston, the greatest love of all is loving yourself. Mm. Um, I'm glad we've, we've quoted Whitney. <laughs> Me too. I, we I, had I, to I, do it once. It was becoming a problem yeah, in the yeah. last 45 minutes of our stint on Naughty Root. I'm glad, I'm glad we got a bit We of just had there. to tick the box, we didn't did. we? In terms of um, encouraging someone else to do it, I mean, look, pornography, I understand, is not for everyone. Yeah. Um, However, there are growingly a number of websites that women and girls can access that will make them feel safer around pornography. The Clit List is one of them. It's awesome. Oh, my God, yes. Emma Watson herself has promoted it and said it's a great website. I've checked it out. It is phenomenal. Some really good like tips on how to masturbate if you're a girl, all that jazz. Um But I I just think, you know, everyone has a different journey. Everyone has a different path and a different timeline. The one thing you can do, though, for your partner is just to make them feel safer and more relaxed about it all. And maybe forcing it on them or anything like that, not the way to go about it. Just letting them know that you're comfortable with it and you support it. Yeah. That's as far as I would take Mm -hmm. it. I Okay, sorry. um, Josh has something to say, but I'm going to say something first. Um, Basically... Okay, we said this air in the first um, uh, a few weeks ago mm. um, when we talked about masturbation, and I said that I don't do it that much. That 
also ties into the fact that I am the only one out of the three of us who has a partner. Mm. And I also live with my partner. So, you know, we get a lot of time to each other. Um, But the one way that I have found for myself to discover myself um, is actually in conjunction with other people. That Mm. has taken a lot of effort on my own behalf to recognise what things that I don't like, recognise what I do like and saying that accordingly and incredibly clearly. Like I, I, right now, if I was not in a relationship, I I would likely be on Tinder and I would definitely be telling people if they were completely crap and if I was never going to sleep with them again and if Mm -hmm. they were awesome and exactly what I wanted. Yeah. Because that's what I did and it worked wonders. (laughs) (laughs) Because you have to be straight up and you have to say, hey, I think that you're really great to have sex with. I think you're also a really fun person. I don't want anything more than that. Can we just have sex sometimes? And it was bloody sick, you know? Yeah. Um, So... Going on from that is through that I found out ways of things that I liked and I didn't like. And that was because I was being really honest with the people that I was sleeping with. I was putting trust in them and them to me. And together as a collective, we were working out what was going to work with each of us together and what wasn't going to work. So if your girlfriend has never watched porn or masturbated... um, just so you know, I, I have masturbated. Um, <laughs> but doesn't necessarily mean that she doesn't know what she wants yeah. or what she might want to want. So my first point of advice would be to ask her if there are any sort of fantasies that she might have. Who knows? She might be really interested in anal. She might be really, really into uh, role play. She might be really into being blindfolded um, and you don't know so you could ask her a few things and ask her if you could Just slowly gauge the response of the room exactly yeah. <laughs> read the room um, yeah. yeah that those are the first things that I would do and from there yeah as, as Marion said read the room and then I would gauge um, a plan of action to work together the most important thing that you can do in this situation is to open up the dialogue yeah. because she might also be quite nervous about the dialogue side of sexuality. Go, Josh. Cool. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I've got uh, something to say on this. Um, partly because I, I, I've been down that road before. You know, I've been been with a partner who wasn't, like, super into watching porn and, and wasn't super into to masturbating and stuff. So what something that we did that worked absolute wonders for us, it's like we were dating for a while and it worked amazingly, was we set aside a night and we go, like, okay... On Thursday, like, we're going to just try, like, a bunch of stuff. And if it's shit, <laughs> it's shit and we never do it again. And if it's great, like, we keep doing it. And then on Thursday top of Thursday night, hey? How exciting. Yeah. Spice up a Thursday I night. I like it. Yeah. Cheap Tuesdays, sexy Thursdays. Sexy Thursdays. Um, and so then we also <laughs> took on the traffic light system. You know, that idea that, you know, when you're hooking up with someone and they go, like, green light, like, you're good to go. They say yellow light. Slow up a bit and red light stop, obviously. Mm, okay. Um, and so we sort of went down that road. And so, like, we tried different things and and just explore things and go slowly into them and, and sort of say if we, on Sunday, went like, okay, Thursday we're going to do a bunch of stuff. We'd talk about what we were going to do. Oh. So that 
we could both be sort of like mentally prepared for it and like yeah. it wasn't just like a surprise you know yeah like sometimes one of us would be like i've got a surprise nothing like surprise anal <laughs> it's not great <laughs> um i've never had it <laughs> but no thank you i feel shocked <laughs> but like so, but sometimes we'd be like oh like i've got a surprise for you mm. like you know it was stuff that we'd probably already tried before usually um and so, yeah, like we were just very open about it and had a chat about it. And then when we were in the moment, like, went very slowly and went deeper and, and harder depending on, on what it was and, and threw ourselves into it more depending on, on, on what it was. And sometimes we went like, nah, this is fucking shit. Mm. <laughs> and then just mm. never did it again. Like we just I've, went into I've, it. Another thing you could do if you felt like it and if your partner felt like it was to watch pornography with your partner. Watching porn with your partner I actually great. have never done that. It is good fun. But I have. I can imagine it's good fun and mm. I have had someone ask to do it yeah. and I kind of was warming up to the idea of it. If you've got a TV uh, or like a, 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 a bench to rest a computer on, oh. having sex whilst watching porn is good fun. Oh, okay. It's great. Yeah. So that's that's a cool thing you could do as well. And mm. like there are so many there are many different styles of pornography. Like there's um what, hentai, which is the anime style yep. porn. That's a bit exotic. Give that a red hot go. Guys, I have a bit of street cred to say. Yeah. <laughs> what is it? I boofed and that that is okay, I haven't brought that out, but that is my word you for, boofed. for fucking is boof. I, I say that Ooh. let's just have a good boof. <laughs> Oh my um, god! So the most Australian amazing. girl ever. <laughs> there you go. Oh, Ch- Dazza and Shazza had a bit of a boof behind yeah. this, the bottle. That's just a boof from the back of the little buffo, mate, right outside Wagga. <laughs> yeah. That is. Oh, oh yeah. my god. So that is not my street cred. Have but a can of VB after that. a boof. Yeah. Love it. Having a sick boof, eh? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> so basically, um, I I had a pretty sick boof. Um, to a uh, feminist porn film, which I worked on. I was the animator for. There we go. A feminist porn film? Yes. Tell us what about this? Uh, Why have we not had a segment about this, Molly? I'm so excited. Because I forgot until just now. Um, (laughs) Let's hear it. What's the story? Of uh, Okay, so the story of the actual film Mm. was it was a play on um, the movie Drive, except it was... Um, without the male gaze, it was with a female gaze. So instead of like men being, you know, like watching on women and sort of having the downward camera angles and whatever, it was um, from a female's perspective. And um, the first orgasm that you see is a female orgasm, which was sick. (laughs) Um, And they also used neon paint in it. So, okay, they, they hired out this Airbnb um, somewhere in Melbourne because making porn in Melbourne is illegal. Um, just wanted you to know that. Um, and they sort of covered the bed and had these UV lights and they had um, neon paint. And so when they were, like, putting their arms up each other's bodies, mm. it was like the lines were being shown in the neon paint Wow. Mm. I have to, I'll show you guys. Yeah. I, I'm sorry, listeners, you can't see it because you're going to have to pay for it, but <laughs> um, I can show these guys exclusively, so suck on that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm joking. Um, Is but, that a line from the, were you just quoting the film? <laughs> <laughs> no, no words, just, just, wow. just, 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 just,
like a local independent Melbourne artist. And as an animator, I animated just the closing scenes for 30 seconds of it. But it was really great to work on. I met some really good people. Awesome. Um, That's so, awesome, Molly. Yeah. That's really cool. Street cred, one. <laughs> yeah. I wanted to... to What's, can we ask what the name of it is? Sex if, drive. <laughs> oh, great. So if you love the picture that Molly has painted for you... With the neon paint. And her words, <laughs> uh, you can Google sex drive. Yeah. Will it come up? I hope so. I've, I haven't Great. tried to Sex Google Drive it. Melbourne. Yeah, or I sex feel like drive you're going to have to sh- yeah. sift through a lot of porn to find mm. this. But I'll see if I can link to it. Yeah. I'll see. I'll see where cool. I can find the link. I'm not quite sure. Um, hey, uh, do, do you have something to say, Josh? I do. Do, you... I do. Just on, on the point of, about watching porn and like mm. different types of porn. Yes. One of my favourite types to watch, particularly with, with like you know, somebody else. And, like, it doesn't necessarily have to be, like, a sex thing. It's, like, porn parodies. Fucking get around porn parodies. Oh, my they goodness. I've never the, heard of this. Tell me about are, porn parodies. They are the best. They're the best. What's so, your favourite? Tell us oh, the story some, of your favourite. <laughs> the one that I've got on my, my hard drive at home. Your hard drive, <laughs> yeah, boy. It's, down, it's downloaded for transport. Is, um, <laughs> is oh the God. Breakfast Club porn parody. Oh, great. So they take films and then they just make porn based on the film and it's amazing. But and it's a parody. It's a porn parody, yeah. But there was so much innuendo in that movie anyway. Yeah, so then things happen and it's great. And then, like, you know the teacher in, in Breakfast Club? Yeah. In the porn parody, he's a woman. Fantastic. And then, of course, Bender and the teacher get it out. I just love that movie because of the line... I'm cracking skulls. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> wonder what he's going to crack in this parody. But it's, it's <laughs> or whose crack he's going to get in oh. this parody? <laughs> it's, it's just some light-hearted adult humour with some sex in the in between. It's a good time because then the thing the thing is actually if you're trying to like bring your partner into like watching porn, then you can sort of watch that, and it's more that's of a, a really good a story, idea. And then there's like a very intense porn sex scene. Guys, I'm going to have to interrupt this. I'm so sorry because we've been doing this for an hour and a half and we have played three songs (laughs) and I have the (laughs) best playlist. You sure do. So the next one um, is uh, great because it's one of two. It was basically, I think it was back in 2005 where Mm. this song came out. Um, (laughs) It was a very... um, Pissed off song. It's literally the t- the title is fuck it, um, and it's by Amond. Um, he was very pissed off that um, I think he got cheated on. I think um, he did. Yes, yes. Yeah. And so and so after that, we're going to play the next one, um, which well, the is title his- is the title is fuck you right back. Um, but yeah, and also there is definitely a content warning on this one. <laughs> Even though this there's been a content warning in this whole show, there's certainly one on this song. So. Uh, Fuck It by Amond. This is the Naughty Rude Show on Sin 90.7. The Naughty Rude Show on Sin 90.7. I'm Marin and I'm joined in the studio with Molly and Josh. Josh, how are you going tonight? Good, how are you? You've got a really special segment for us to discuss. I do. Um, And, like, I'm going to throw this out pretty early on. Like, this is going to get a bit rough, a bit intense. Um, And I'm going to read out some helplines before we get into it because, like, full disclosure, this is going to get a bit rough. Um, So... If anything we're going to be talking about has any sort of effect on you, feel free to call Beyond Blue on uh, 1300 That's 1300 uh, Kids Helpline on 1800-55-1800. That's 1800-55-1800. And Lifeline on 13 That's Lifeline on 13 There is also the National Sexual Assault and Domestic Violence Counselling Service. That's 1800-RESPECT, which is 1800-73... Oh, I can't. I can't read that. There were numbers under here, but I can't read it. But 1-800-RESPECT, if you do the typing on the phone with the number letters underneath, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, so I wanted to bring up a book that I read 
the other week. I uh, flew up to the Gold Coast and flew back in 24 hours. It was great. Um, and on my way back, I was like, I could just sit and watch a movie, but I don't want it. I want to read a book. So I was, I was in the bookshop and, and I bought a book, uh, which was entitled Trafficked by Sophie Hayes. Um, and it's a true story of a British girl um, who ended up getting trafficked in Italy um, and was uh, getting to the point where she was going to be sold off. Um, she was uh, she was forced to be a prostitute in, in Italy uh, and then in France, and it's the, her story about how she got to that point and then actually how she managed to get out of out of the situation. Um, and it's a really, really intense book. Like, I read it in three hours. Like, I smashed out most of it on the plane and got home and hadn't finished it, so I sat down and kept reading. So I ended up going to bed at, like, two, two o'clock once I drove home and, and, and finished reading this book. And I don't think people understand how common trafficking is. And it's like, it's, it's, the, I was reading some statistics and they're saying it's, they, they estimate that 12.6 million people uh, are currently being trafficked. Um, and of that, I think it's something like 50% of those, it's, uh, it's for sexual purposes. And 98% of that 58, 50% uh, are women in those, in those circumstances. And what was really, interesting about this book is Sophie didn't fit any of the stereotypes or the demographics um, for what we see for most of these people who are trafficked in that um, she was an upper middle class white woman, she was English um, the time period was really odd as well because so what happened was is she met a guy um, and became very good friends with him over the space of about four years. Um, became very good friends with him, travelled to visit him in Spain, and then um, came back home and then travelled and visited him in Italy, and that's when things went so horribly wrong. Um, and so all of these things, it was just so not what we expect from trafficking and not what we expect, like, statistically or, like, demographically, what, we were, you know, what you're expecting. And it was this really bizarre story about all of this. And then something else that was really interesting is we look, she looked at the sort of the aftermath of it all when she got back to the UK and sort of the, the PTSD that she was going through. Like, she was so worried that he was going to be around every corner and then turns out that he actually did come manage to get into the UK and, and find her again. Um, and it's just... <laughs> as you can, you can hear by my voice, it's, it's a bit shaky, but it is one of the most heartbreaking books that I've ever read and one of the most inspirational books that I've ever read. Um, and if you get a chance to it, read it, it's, it's such an incredible experience and such a, a very, very important story that I think we all need to, need to read. Thank you, Josh. <laughs> That's all right. Oh <laughs> my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm read out those helplines again, just in case. Uh, so beyond blue, uh, 1300 it was such it was such an odd experience reading the book because part of me was like like I got excited and like you know like had this whole like roller coaster of emotions as if it was sort of like taken and then I kept having to remind myself like no 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 the, this happened like this happened to this this poor woman and I was like it's it's 
very eye-opening. It's a very in, in, intense little read. Do you know where Sophie is now? What's she doing um, now? Yeah, so she set up a, a foundation called the Sophie, ha- Sophie Hayes Foundation, and she works uh, with a lot of these, uh, you know, ending trafficking groups. Uh, she does a lot of stuff with that um, and is, is still in, in the UK. But there's not much of about her online. Like, she's kept a very anonymous profile, profile online, as right. you'd, you'd understand. Because this, this guy is, is still, like, alive. I'm pretty sure he's in jail at the moment. But she didn't testify against him because so many, uh, and, you know, so many people don't testify against people who, who traffic other people. Um, can, and you, so, yeah. can you just explain a little bit about how someone can be um, trafficked and so how someone can be the trafficker? So... I can try. <laughs> I guess you yeah. could just tell um, us basically yeah. what, how it began for Sophie. So, and so she arrived in Italy. So she arrived in Italy and they, they went to this guy's place. And, like, this guy was her best friend. Like, was her best friend. She trusted him with everything. Like, they were basically speaking every day. And it's happened over four years, which blew all the experts' minds because, like, it's, four years is such a long time for this to happen. But so, anyways, and she'd been on a trip to Spain, as I said. And so she got to Italy. And anyway, he sat her down. He's like, this is what's going to happen. He took her phone, took a passport um, and everything and, and you know, kept kept them and, and got rid of them and stuff and had this huge personality flip. Like, it was super lovely to her for the four years that they were friends and then was, like, abusing her and, like, throwing her around and, like, hitting her and stuff and then made threats against her family and stuff. And so she had no money. She had no passport, she had no phone, and she was allowed to call her family so that they wouldn't think that anything was wrong. But he listened to all... He was there for all of the conversations, and if he heard something that he didn't like or she said something that he hadn't told her to say, like, she got punished for it. And then what he would do was he would send mates around while she was, was working to, like, pick her up to see if she was going against what he said. So she couldn't trust anyone. She felt like she couldn't trust anyone because she didn't know if he was behind at all, if this was just another test of his. So she talks about how she had regular customers and, and like, the police would pick her up occasionally and she just she couldn't trust these people because she did not know mm. whether he had something to do with it and this was just a constant test. So she lived in absolute fear that anyone would, was, was actually one of his, his people. Um, yeah. How long was she in that situation for? It was over a period of about six months, which was a, a long time. Um, and she managed to get out of it because she came down with pneumonia because she was working from like 9pm to like 5am every night. Um, and she wasn't eating because of obviously the, the stress and the fear. So I ended up getting pneumonia and going to hospital and they were trying to like figure out how they were going to pay for it all. Um, and they were like, oh, like, you're, you're British, like, you should be covered by, like, you know, the NHS or whatever, you know, the, the whole agreement that they've got there. And so she ended up being able to call her mum when the guy wasn't around and was like, yo. like, Oh, my God, help send help. Yeah. Um, but, like, they had a code. And so she had to ask for, like, an auntie. It was like, oh, like, how's this auntie doing? And this auntie doesn't exist, right? And right. so that said to her mum, it's like, yeah, something's up. So they managed to, to get her back, which is... You know, it, it doesn't happen for most people. It's just, yeah, it's a really intense story, and I, I highly recommend you, you sit down and read it. it. It only took me three hours, so it's not a it's not a long book. You can sit down and, and knock it out in an afternoon, and I highly, highly recommend it. it it's an important read. Thanks, Josh. Yeah, you're mm. welcome. That was really good. Yeah. Should we go to a, a tune and try and 
lighten yeah. things up a little bit. Yeah. yeah, I'm usually very bouncy going into the tunes, <laughs> but um, yeah. I'm, I am excited about this one, but I feel I don't know how to announce it. So um, closing on a difficult subject now, um, talk about the book, uh, no longer talking about the book. So the next song is a really, really sick one. Um, we're all going to remember it. It is a snapback. It wasn't <laughs> me by Shaggy. Take it away on Sin 9.7. It wasn't me. It wasn't you. <laughs> it wasn't it you. It wasn't you. But it wasn't me, so it had to have been you. It wasn't me. But it wasn't me. It wasn't me. But it was Molly. Hey, <laughs> she even caught you on camera. Yeah. My f- okay, okay. My favourite thing about that song is it's actually based off uh, an Eddie Murphy skit. Really? From the 90s. Really? Where he was talking about this, and then they wrote a song about it. So That's like, this fantastic. didn't actually happen to Shaggy or the guy that does it, the other part. It happened, it happened to, to someone else. And <laughs> it, well, Eddie Murphy was just walking past and did this whole comedy bit oh, on it. Wow. So it's like this huge, it's a great story. I'm going to have to find that. You're <laughs> listening to The Naughty Rude Show on Sin 90.7. I'm Marin and I'm joined in the studio with Josh and Molly. Yes. Woo! Yo! Yes. My friend used to actually think that that song was called Banging on the Bathroom Floor and it would really annoy me. She'd be like, can we play Banging on the Bathroom Floor? And I'm like... Excuse me, were you a child of the 90s and the noughties? I don't I'm gonna think you were. Bring, I'm going to bring this song up again. But when I was very young, I did not know how radios worked. Fair enough. I was four or five. They're still a mystery the to me. Did not understand how they worked. And so, anyway, so <laughs> Nikki Webster's Strawberry Kisses came on. Oh, well, <laughs> of course she and, did. And, and I was like, can we play it again? And then my friend's mum played it again. I'm like, how did you do that? I didn't know you could rewind radio. And it turned out it was a CD and I'm just a dickhead. Oh, no, you're not a dickhead. <laughs> oh, my God, you were a tiny baby. Oh, I used to have a one of those little Discman and I put this Disney CD in there and I used to listen to Kiss the Girl on repeat yes! until I broke my Discman. It's <laughs> <laughs> amazing. Easy to break. Thing. Uh, you got to kiss the girl. It's a great song. It is. Mary, so you, yes, they are making yes. Ariel. Hit us with the facts. Yeah, Great, so thanks. I thought while we're talking about um, unfa- being unfaithful, uh, a growing concern for relationships, I believe, will be virtual reality and pornography specifically in virtual reality. If you don't believe me, get ready for these hard but fun facts coming your way. Oh my God. Experts say the adult vi- virtual reality industry will reach $1 billion by 2025 and be the third largest virtual reality sector. It was estimated that approximately 30 million people were watching VR porn by the end of 2016. Experts in technology sector are expecting the VR console to take off as much like the smartphone did in the late 2000s. Please explain, Marin. Please explain what VR means and what is going to happen to you when you are experiencing VR porn. Oh my God, I'm so glad you asked, Molly. Let's go deep. So <sighs> basically, virtual reality is one of those amazing headsole, head con- headset consoles you can wear where it's like you're you wear these binocular things but there's a screen and there's like sound to it uh, you put it on and you're immersed in this bubble world if you will it's very popular for gaming so you I've actually you can go into any like Samsung or whatever store and you can try it on I guess but it will be like you're in a 360 world and so virtual reality pornography is you experiencing a pornography film Oh my but god! You are having sex with the person. I, I just realised. Does it? Could I be the dude in it? Like, could you I could be. be. Could Absolutely. I fuck someone there, with a there, dick. Uh, going like back to me talking dick? about going into the Ted head Ted X <laughs> hole. You can be. You can wear a virtual reality headset and look down and feel. Look what it. Look at a body that is not your own. Yeah. So I am 
Caucasian and I am female, if I wanted to get a virtual reality headset, I could do it. And with the right program, I could look at myself and be a male who has different coloured skin to what I actually have, right? Mm. Um, So I think for pornography in relationships, a lot of people may think that pornography is a problem in a committed relationship because it's a a case of infidelity. Um, You think wrong. I, yeah, I do. I, I agree with that. Oh, great. Um, and how, yeah, cool, cool. I'm not saying if I do or don't, but obviously I think the pornography that we're really used to is like it's always on the internet. Mm. It, uh, traditionally it's in print magazines. It's on your phone. It's everywhere, right? But there's something a bit detached about watching other people do it, but in virtual reality mm. you could have sex with Scarlett Johansson. I'm pretty sure I saw a, like a, an add-on to this virtual reality thing. I'm not sure if I actually did, but I, I think I did, where it works. So, like, there's a, a thing, particularly that guys can use. It's almost like a, um, what are they called? What are those? Um, fleshlight. Like, it's almost like one of those. Mm. But, like, it, it moves, like, in time with, like, what's happening on the screen. Oh, interesting. Oh. Right. Yeah, so, like, it's yeah. actually, like, so, like you, you're not just looking and, and being a part of it through sight. You're being a part of it through feel as well hmm. yeah anyway so <laughs> i was just imagining it and we went really quiet so you guys were saying that you don't think pornography is if you're exploring and masturbating to pornography that's not a case of infidelity in a committed relationship not to me no not to you no you can't really Josh? cheat on yourself can you you can't cheat so you can't cheat How on you someone with, yourself Josh? You, can't, you, can't, you can't cheat <laughs> on someone with yourself right and so, you, you get what i'm saying does that make sense? So no. you can't cheat on your yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you can't cheat on your partner with yourself, which is what masturbation is, right? Uh, yeah, sure, yeah. sure. I mean, you are masturbating to external <coughs> stimuli. I guess if you're using pornography, that is what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, but sex is everywhere. Like yeah. it's so oversaturated. It's like what you don't want me to look at a you know an ad where they use sex. Like I, I, I don't understand the logic behind people going like you can't watch porn. I just don't get it. Yeah. I think it's great as well. I think it's totally fine, but that's just my personal opinion. What do you guys think, though, about virtual reality? I don't know if you guys have experienced it or you're that familiar with it. I've used virtual reality, but not for porn. Right. Well, Mm. do you think virtual, in your, like, imagination, would virtual reality pornography, do you think that would be crossing a line? Uh, No. Again, because it's it's really just images on a screen. Like, it's not, you're not touching anyone. Oh, my God. I just had a thought. Okay, so if... Okay. Um, how, do, how do I explain this? Basically, if the virtual reality somehow was someone that the person who's experiencing it, um, they are fucking someone who they've already cheated with and has made their partner very, very, very uncomfortable. Interesting question. Mm. That, yep, that okay. is probably like the one point at which the line would be crossed because it would be like, oh, yeah, like, or they express that they're attracted to this specific person, they would want to go there if they could, if the person's in a monogamous relationship Mm. and their partner's like, I'm super uncomfortable with that. Then, I mean, that's a huge hypothetical, like assuming that they would want Mm. to sort of be stimulated But then, going off what Josh said, it Mm. is still just images. Yeah, and like for that other person, they've got to have been, like got to be filmed. The way it's filmed is like, apparently it's like super intense and super hard to film. And apparently it's actually making porn worse. How so? In that the way that they have to film, like the equipment that they have to use, like the actors have to use some pretty intense equipment, and apparently they just don't enjoy the sex and like just don't get don't 
have fun in doing the sex and therefore they have to film scenes over and over again mm. for like you know for the guys to stay hard basically hmm. so it might not actually be ethical and like a practical oh, yeah really? so apparently the porn's like just crap <laughs> yeah right so, hmm. yeah and it's like obviously like the actors are going like yeah like we'll do it but it's cause it means that they're taking so many more takes to do it so instead of pushing out say 14 films in a day they mainly do six yeah my gosh, I can't imagine filming six or 14 different pornos. I was picking two, two, two numbers. Oh, okay. Yeah. It, wasn't, it was not a statistic based on anything. It was just, oh a, my just, just some numbers. One big, my one arrangements. small. My arrangements, oh my God. That's what, <laughs> that's what I would think. Anyway, um, yep, cool. Do we want to chuck a tune before we, yeah, yep. sick. Okay, this, this. okay, another, another snapback. Usher, Confessions Part 2, because he needed Usher, more than Usher, one. Usher, Usher, Usher. Uh, Naughty Witcher, yeah, Nessie 9.7. <laughs> Usher, Usher, Usher. Oh confessions. God. I love that song. <laughs> it's a bloody tune. <laughs> oh, my God, stop. So coming up after this show, uh, we're actually going to go and do some karaoke, because uh, I feel like everyone's got karaoke I'm on the brain. I'm in the back with my homies. Yeah. Bring a little VA <laughs> down in the low-key. Once you start, you can't stop with Usher. He's like Pringles. Once you pop one, you got to pop them all. Oh, my God. That was not an advertisement. It was just no. a, a, a Merrin thought. No. Um, you listen oh, to Sin. You're here with Molly, Merrin and Josh. I'm um, just trying to get some sort of direction on this show because we've only got two more minutes left and we've got a bunch of questions on the Tumblr, so we're going to smash through these. These are going to be short, right. sharp We answers. have about 30 seconds uh, to answer each of them. Okay. Go. First one. <laughs> hey, guys, how do you keep your breath fresh all the time, so your mouth doesn't taste bad. Also, is it even important? My answer is brush your goddamn teeth, floss, um, floss Listerine, and mince and mouthwash. And yes, it is important. By God, it's important. It is important. It is very important. You do not want to be near, kiss, talk to, conv- anything to do with someone with uh, stanky breath. No. Yeah. Also, but like rejection. If, if it's getting to the point where it's becoming a bit of a, a- like a, a problem, as in like you are constantly going like I've got to brush my teeth, I've got to brush my teeth, I've got to brush my teeth, I've got to brush my teeth. Maybe go see someone and, and I want you to say that, that ten times really quickly. Ready? No, go. No, no, got to brush, no. brush my teeth. Got to 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 brush my teeth. Done. I feel real, that really stressed me. Out. Next question, please. <laughs> okay. All right. I've just been told by my doctor that I am infertile. This has upset me majorly, mm. as having kids has always been something big for me. What should I do? Oh, there mate, I'm real so sorry. Many, That's rough. So many options. It sucks. Like it, <laughs> Josh it literally sucks. had his hand. I, up then. I did. Because um, I. I I, I want to say this because there's, there's so many options out there. There are so many kids who are in foster homes and, and, and need you know need homes to go to. Go look down that route. I've got a ten year old brother who's actually come from a foster home. He's actually on a permanent care order with us. Go and do it. Go change a kid's life. That's nice, Josh. Thank you for yeah. that. If wow. you want, if you want kids, I'm not saying go and do it tomorrow, but like when you're ready for kids, mm. go down that road. It's it's a very important, and there's a lot of kids out there that could do with a good home. Oh my God. I think the only other thing I would say is that I'm really sorry and that I hope that you see someone to work through these yeah. issues because I'm sure that must be really, really tough. Yeah. But there boom. are other options. So. Sorry, I didn't need to boom that, but that was a really <laughs> great answer. No, okay, next one. Um, okay. And uh, to close it off with our cheating theme, what should I do if my partner has been unfaithful but I want to make it work? Should I try to be more open or end it entirely? Dun, dun. 
communication. <laughs> um, I feel like we almost need like that a SpongeBob gif where it says fun, but it's just communication instead. Nice. Um, yeah. some, one of us here works in animation, don't they? they yeah, could, I think Molly, probably... you've done like a feminist porno. Oh, <laughs> they could probably organise yeah, something for us. Okay, um, I'll yeah, see what I can do, guys. Um, have, a, have a chat to them, and if it's if need be, go and see someone else and do like mm. a couples therapy type mm. thing. Look, I'm going to take a more harsh view on this. Um, And I'm also going to drop the F-bomb in here. Do it! We're not here to fuck spiders. Yeah, we go. That's what I say. (laughs) And so I'm like, this is just the the rule that I live by, each to their own. But I kind of think, do you want to use your time working on a relationship with someone when maybe it's not meant for either of you? Yeah. That's what I would say. I mean, like, if you love them and you you know that you're going to be together forever and they are the one person, like, maybe this is meant to happen for you guys and you're meant to work through this and be stronger for it. However, if you don't feel like doing that, fuck it. Don't. Ditch them. My Break up with them oh and God. go. Find someone else who's there plenty em. of fish Drop in the em. sea. Plenty of fish. On Going on with that, okay, so one of my favourite things that I adopted when I was single and... As Josh would like to say, me- ready, ready to, to mingle. mingle. I said it was, once. Was, was, was something that I would take in terms of Tinder, and it was dick is abundant and low value, basically meaning that if if you are you know hetero and a dick isn't treating you well, fuck it, because there's more dick, you can get better dick. Yeah, so you go out saw, there and you I get yourself this. some new dick. Or if you're a dude and you're heteros, or get some more pussy. I saw this girl. Or if you're a lesbian, <laughs> you get more pussy. Or if you're a gay guy, you get more dick. I saw this great thing and it said that hooking up is a bit like catching a train, right? Like, if you miss one, another one is going to come around eventually. And if it's the end of the night, you just get on whatever. Yeah, important thing <laughs> is to love yourself. Love yourself and True. put that first. Okay, so on, on the, the just ending on the question uh, and not talking about how abundant dick is and low value it is, um, is that... Um, can we do an economics study? If you... We can put on the Facebook page. Well, oh. it's, it's, it's got a very low uh, supply-demand <laughs> ratio. Okay, all right, hang on. Back on topic, back on topic, everyone. Um, so what I was going to say is that if you are going to work through these issues, you have to understand that that is going to be difficult. There is going to be some resentment. And eventually, if it's going to work, that resentment has to subside in some way. So that is going to mean, as Josh likes to say all the time, and we all do here, communication. Mm. Um, you also have to know that going through those difficult emotions is going to bring up something, uh, is going to bring up things um, that are potentially unrelated, but could be really difficult to go through. So you have to be prepared for that. Yeah. Are you prepared to go through that? If you're not, dilemma. Dilemma, dilemma. Mm. Unfortunately, I think that is all the time that we have for you guys. And worst of all, this is our last show. It is. It absolutely is, but that's all right. You can tune back in next Sunday evening Mm. at 8pm and you will be joined by a beautiful new collection of Naughty Rude hosts. Mm. Then we look at a bunch of cool things. And if you did like us as a collective, um, definitely post it on social media so we can come back and do it again. Yes. Um, What do you reckon, guys? Would you reckon that would be sick? I reckon that would be pretty sick. I reckon that would be pretty sick. We could do a sick book, eh? Oh, mate, you beat me to it. What we haven't announced is we're actually starting a podcast. Um, (laughs) We've just decided in the last 10 seconds. Josh has just decided. I've decided for everyone um, that we're going to do a podcast. How how, 
Yeah. <laughs> uh, Josh and Molly, it has been an honour serving with you both. Erin, you too. By the way, Erin's been in the studio the whole time. She has, she is the awesome executive producer of the Naughty Rude Show. She makes us sound She's, good. She is very great at her job. Yay, Erin. But yeah, it's been an honour serving with all of you. Yeah. Just said cheeky hi and goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm gone now. <laughs> that is all the time that we've got for you tonight, guys. So please have an excellent night. And for the last time from us, mm. may all your sex be wonderful. You can listen to the Naughty Rude Show live from 8 to 10 on Sin 90.7 FM. So, so, so scandalous.